He walks amongst us, our Lord and Master. The sky is made of diamonds. Welcome to the Hooving Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. And I'm Jace. And tonight we're going to dive into The Last of the Time Lords. Although, to, to actually, it doesn't have the the at the beginning. It's just Last of the Time Lords. Sorry, I had to correct mm-hmm. myself there. All right. <laughs> Thank goodness we, uh, <laughs> we did that past that pitfall. <laughs> well, it, if there might be another title somewhere, The Last of the Time Lords, that may Anyways, actually. Anyways, what y'all think of <laughs> what y'all think of the um, the master? Well, he he was uh, he was certainly enjoying his time ruling the world. Oh my gosh! When he saw the doctor, he just like lights up. Like honestly, I just want a guy to look at me the way the master looks at the doctor. Oh, and, and vice versa too. I mean, <laughs> that's they... a good point. They have quite a bromance. Yeah. Did you see how closely they were embracing at the end? <laughs> and how, like, the master was, like, Literally died like, in the doctor's arms. Well, the doctor shed, shed a tear down upon him, begging him to regenerate. We always jump to the ending before we even start with the beginning. Okay, the it's beginning. We're, there getting, are we're getting it all out. We're laying the elements. We're reminding people of the main factors here. And we'll fill in the blanks along the way. We're expert podcasters. My, would you like to start, Michael, with the beginning? Well, I I was going to suggest that we talk about Tom uh, Milligan. I think it was. Yeah, Mulligan. he's played by the same guy who plays Lucifer on the show Lucifer. Uh, Man, that... he's he is handsome in this episode, but he gets really hot later on because he's Lucifer. Yeah, oh. yeah. Hey, oozing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does seem to add, add kind of a. He's almost like a companion to Martha while she's on Earth, traveling the whole... Well, at least for the tail end of it. Yes, at the tail end, yes. He kind of gets her to safety, and he gets her to this Professor Allison lady that that's uh, trying to figure out how to... Or what the Tocophane are. And, and he's what. a single doctor. He is a single doctor. I always wondered if, if he actually gets brought back to life. I'm guessing he does. But, well, I mean, they, they reversed the entire year, so he, I mean, everyone who died came back to life. Yeah, true. That's true. Uh, yeah, paradox machines are confusing. Yeah, look who's jumping to the end now, Michael. <laughs> well, it was on the same character, so it kind of made sense. Well, we were talking about the Master. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> so the Master creates this arch Archangel Network. Yes. And that, of course, he he uses his own brain power uh, to kind of instill fear into the humans. Well, below. well, first to get them to you know support him and elect him as prime minister. Vote Jackson. But, 
Ben Saxon. <laughs> but then, yes, to, to yes, instill fear. Yes, exactly. And I think this kind of goes with the Master's character of old because the Master always uh, liked to um, hypnotize and control people with his mind. And he always liked, you know, getting in good with some alien race or something and try oh, to gosh, pull the wool yes. over their eyes <laughs> at the last moment. And Although he never really he, succeeded. He, the, the, no, <laughs> no, he never did. He didn't really get to that stage yet. <laughs> Although in this in these two episodes, he actually was rather more successful having like the minions that he had all. Well, you know, it makes sense because he had the doctor in a cage the whole time. Yeah, true. He and alive. he and he had one of the greatest allies and companions you can have, at least in the doctor's mind, a humans behind him. Yeah, and sorry, I know I'm going to jump to the end here again, but since we brought up the humans and the We're master's companions, I I, I got to go with Lucy here. Man, she just, you know, goes off about how I went to the end of the universe and I saw that there's nothing and now I know that everything is totally meaningless and that's why I'm this way. And then at the end, she just snaps and shoots the master. Yeah, and even before that, she's the one in earnestly, you know, chanting the doctor's name and and keeping it in her mind. That looked a lot like it could be... Because we know that the Archangel Network can, you know, influence minds as well as take in the data from them. So it's possible that just by virtue of being human and being in the vicinity, she would get eventually caught up in that psychic wave. Yeah, I mean, it seems genuine because she did shoot the dude. Yeah. Like, that yeah. wasn't in that Matrix. But, I mean, with the Time Matrix, there are a lot of, uh, you know, unexplained phenomena, too. Apparently, if you can just intersperse yourself in there and people think about you, you can have godlike powers. Yeah, that that whole thing seemed a little... You see, I feel like this episode was, like, awesome as far as, like, introducing, like, new watchers to, like, the complexities of the Master and, like, his total, like, obsession with the Doctor low-key. But what I wasn't a huge fan of was the whole, like, Voldemorting of the Doctor... Like in a oh, cage. Yeah, we see you. See, you go by Voldemort. I was thinking house elf. Yeah, that. I was thinking Dobby. Like I wanted to <laughs> give him my sock. I, just, <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was really weird. Yeah, it it was weird. And then the thing with the Archangel Network and the psychic powers being able to like change the Doctor into a younger form didn't. It was really, a Jesus moment, moment. Yeah, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, totally I mean, cheese. I mean, some some species that when they age hundreds and more years, they become like little shriveled up, you know, elf like beings. Some become giant heads in jars. <laughs> yes, good segue. Good segue. We, we find out here that uh, that Captain Jack Harkness is, in fact, the face of Bo. And interesting little anecdote, when um, when the, David Tennant, who plays the Doctor here, um, first read the script, he, you know, for this episode, he, like, ran over to John Berriman, who's uh, Captain Jack's trailer, and was just like, oh, my God, have you read the script? Have you read the script? And he was like, no, man, just, I, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then he finally read it and was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Let me get the face of Bo tattooed on my back now, and then I'm going to be like, you want to know who this is? The, the, the word or the, or the, like, the, the, the picture? The face. Oh. The age-old question. Creepy. I'm age- not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the age-old question amongst a lot of Doctor Who fans is, of course, how in the world does Jack get uh, or become the face of Bo, and, and what kind of a transformation does he have to go through in order to do that? I had my theory. A lot of oh, you have a theory. What's your theory? It's a stupid theory. Okay, go for okay, it. Okay, so learn your stupid theories. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Let's find out if yours is one of them. Okay, <laughs> so you know how, like, in elementary school, or at least in my elementary school, we were taught to grow like a thing of cabbage. I think, and the way to keep the cabbage alive is that you have to cut off like the leaves that were like dying, kind of. 
what if that's what he had to do to like his body like lose like his arms and legs so all those juices focus on like his head and brain and keeping him alive you know that makes sense his body maybe like withered away type concept i mean it's kind of like the cassandra method right well, yeah, but that seemed more like a choice on her part. Yeah. But then again, we know that Jack has a lot of, you know, work done regularly. The doctor keeps bringing it up, so, you know. Parallels. Maybe oh, it but it seems best. unlikely that that was a choice. The size of his head also begs a question here. Because yes. obviously you don't have a human-sized head that turns into something that's human-sized. Like, but maybe his total mass is the same right. mass as a human with a head and a body, but it's just all head. compiled in the head. Some sort of genetic modification he finds over time to let him keep his memories long-term. There's, there's some kind of science that we 2021 generations can't comprehend. Maybe it's just like... Yeah. They put some kind of fluids in there, or... <laughs> it could be timey-wimey, yeah. only Time Lords you know, understand. No, I do have to say, though, I feel like Colin actually nailed this one when he started with his segue of, it makes about as much sense as the Doctor shriveling into a house elf and then uh, magically through psychic abilities of humans turning back into himself. Yeah, I didn't It was a powerful that. moment, though. Don't get I me mean, wrong. I, I loved all of humanity coming to focus on the Doctor. Knowing this hero, knowing that Martha was traveling the world for a year, you know what spreading would have the been, gospel of the Doctor. That's you know what a, would have been better? It would have been better if everyone was, you know, focused. Like, still, the whole rest of the plot was there, but everyone was focused on, like, taking down the Master, like, rendering him, you know, incapable of, of attacking, like, you know, down, grabbing his head or something, you know, in pain or whatever, like, intensifying the sound of the drums, perhaps. Something along those lines, because that would all really flow with the level of technology that they've established that this Archangel Network is and, you know, what we actually, you know, know in real life. And the, it would have worked. It would have kind of had the same sort of, you know, effect to it. They wouldn't have had to do the whole aging the doctor thing at all. I think that with this ending, because we also have the Superman-type ending where the Earth is revolving backwards because time is reversed. If time's reversed because they are able to undo the... um, Oh, what is that contraption that's in the TARDIS? Paradox machine. Paradox machine. Thank you. Um, If they they undo that, then maybe they could have reversed the Doctor's age that way, which would have made more sense in terms of a time-traveling show. Yeah, because he didn't age him until after that. You're right. Exactly. And also, why stop it before the president... Or just before the president's already killed. I, I, I think it's because that was the moment when the paradox started. So destroying the paradox machine only breaks it at the point the paradox began. So until the okay. Toclafin showed up, there was no actual paradox. Okay, it well, was just the master being a jerk. <laughs> then, then in that case, the only way you could explain that is if the doctor ages after that takes place. Which he does. Um, I, think, I think he ages a little bit before that because oh. isn't he sitting down... All old and crumpy. Maybe, yeah. well, maybe, maybe so. He, or maybe it's. I, I think the I think the master did that to him shortly after. But either way, they could have wiggled that in the plot. We don't even yes, remember it wasn't that significant. I mean, exactly. it seemed like they were doing it at like midnight or something, and this wasn't like you know exactly. You know, it wasn't right at midnight that this doc the doctor was aged or something like that. They're kind sure. of building out some artificial time frame of the room. It just seems like they could have formed this plot a little bit better in terms of time travel as opposed to just absolute fantastical. You're not wrong. Although I did like the aspect of the the Toclophane being those, you know, 
future humans that we saw in mm-hmm. Utopia and loved in Utopia and wanted to succeed back then and then find out them come back and the whole concept of it. You know, we know this whole time that there's a paradox that the Master's generating and it all works out. And it was a pretty brutal blow that the Master dealt the Doctor with just that particular move. So Dark. It, that, that part, I thought, fit in really nicely. But the other aspects of the plot, yeah. I just um, feel like after seeing, like, this, like, Doctor for, like, the first time in New Who, like, I feel like the newer Doctor, I mean, the newer Masters don't really hold up because this was, like, a pretty badass moment for the Master. Like, this is where he seemed completely invincible. And he actually turned the human race in on itself. Oh, yeah, for a whole year. Yeah. And, and more so, I mean, he, he turned it around into the whole audience's mind. Like, we were we were rooting for the people at the end of the universe, and here... I don't know if I'm just alone, but it was like, we need to stop these people. <laughs> they are off on the wrong. At all costs. But we yeah. understand where they're coming from, but also, can you not? <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty horrific uh, storyline. Honestly, it really is. Like, what a tremendous, like, villain that is compelling, like, in a very, you know, down-to-earth human way. Like, I see these metal shells, and they're opening up, and I'm like, this could be a Dalek. But it's so much worse. Yeah, I thought it was a Dalek at first. I was like, well, they're best friends. And I'm like, well. So, all right. So here's a question. Would you cannibalize your own history to save your life? Because that's essentially what these people did. Like my ancestors? Yeah, they cannibalized the entire history of the human race. Presumably you would totally wipe out your own personal, you know life and how it all had been and you know your memories of that or, or whatever and you're just canceling yeah. out your own existence maybe because existence but is but you would get to continue to exist because of the paradox right I, I think i think we're in a much different situation than they are though honestly i don't think it's a fair comparison it's a much smaller population than you know what the earth is today and they also you know maybe just through the master's influence they were more technologically equipped but we have grown and have a lot more ability and influence and a lot more people and things and responsibility, you know, to care for. It could feasibly do more good than our ancestors um, could. But it's not clear in this picture that this form of human domination would do the same thing. So it's it's an interesting question, but I don't think it might map the same way out of this situation. So Martha basically was kind of like a little doctor in this episode. And it was kind of dark because then she just left. Yeah, her um her exit was grew, grow up. was was really interesting and pretty commendable because as I've been saying all season, you know, Martha be, becomes weaker around the doctor. She yeah. just does and here she recognized that weakness decided to extract herself from the situation even though it required a large sacrifice. And I think that that's really um really impressive. The best moment was when she walked back into the TARDIS and actually explained herself. Yeah. You know, because the doctor isn't going to understand how she's feeling, but you know, she kind of breaks it down as like I'm not leaving because of this. I'm leaving for myself. I think he does kind of understand. I mean, the the acting ability of David Tennant and and Freema were, were really good in that moment. And I think his face kind of showed that he understood why she was doing it. Um, but he was also, there's, there's that moment where he hugs her and he's looking at the camera almost directly yeah. and breaking that fourth wall. But he's, it looks like he's really kind of sad, but also kind of thinking towards the future and what's going to happen to him. And what's But it's also like he just came back from a year of like being alone and old like the last thing he wants is the one constant that's been like he's been depending on for an entire year to like go away yep exactly 
which is... And on top of that, losing the master, who was, like, his best friend for most of his existence. Luckily, he won't have to spend too much time dwelling on it since he just crashed into the Titanic. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) how often does that happen? But I don't know, that moment where, like, the doctor had that moment with the master... Oh, that was intense. That was really intense because, you know, the doctor and the master as people who hate each other, but it's like that love-hate relationship. And the fact that the doctor actually broke down crying, like, we're the last of our kind, like, come on, please regenerate, like... And the fact that the master would prefer to die with the added benefit of it being proving the doctor wrong rather than having to spend the rest of his life, you know, being imprisoned by the doctor. At least this incarnation. This incarnation, which which makes (laughs) it really interesting for, you know, later incarnation. Exactly. But I, I think for this particular episode, I think the majority of it was spent on relationships. Obviously, that's why the plot itself kind of fell flat a little bit. But the relationships between people, you had the doctor and Martha, you had the doctor and the master, you had Martha's family and their struggles. You had The Captain doctor meeting Martha's dad for the first time. <laughs> yes. He sort of got a call. You had, and then you had Captain Jack, of course, just kind of being the, the kind of the, the one person that's on board the ship that can't die and that's doing his part he doesn't really have anybody because his group is at the end where he says i've got this group of people that i've got to be responsible for he's kind of just the terminator of the episode really like i can't die let me just wheel this gun everywhere and see what happens true but he but because he's alone throughout this episode we know why he's alone because of his relationships with torchwood and the people of torchwood and that's kind of prominent and it makes sense that he's alone during this episode Unless they put Torchwood in it, and then they'd have to put, like, Gwen or somebody else in there to pair up with them, I guess. (laughs) Indeed. I'm thinking about how, like, there is that episode about, like, the motorway and how it just seemed like, like, it had, like, religious undertones, like, let me escape into, like, this idea that something greater than myself exists and will, like, save us all in the end. And then there was this episode where it was just like, oh this evil thing is taking over the world and then everyone is just kind of like praying that the doctor comes back and then he kind of like comes out in this like Jesus form and becomes invincible. I thought that was very like, huh. I don't know. I'm seeing like, Pharaoh, the face of Bo was there, you know, right. in the day. But both of both of both stories featured a death of Jack Harkness. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. I just thought that's interesting. That's no, nothing. no, no, that, that's a really good point. No, it, it is. And, you know, I, I found, you know, the religious undertones, you know, more dark, you know, in, in the other portrayal. Gridlock is what the, we're talking gridlock, about here. Going back to Gridlock than this one. But in the same way, I, I feel disappointed in the answer because, you know, Martha really did just go and, and tell, you know, a story to strangers. And, you know, it, it wasn't, it didn't get a lot of backing, you know, from them. I, I, I'm just interested in their minds. Like, she could have told a story about the master and everybody think about the master. He's saved your life so many times. I guess this is just it's the power like, of thought. Like, it, had to do some, it had to do something with, like, not killing him because that's, like, the doctor's. Oh, yeah. It was a beautiful and powerful solution. Don't get me wrong, but also, yeah, makes you think. Maybe if we all just, like, pray about Biden. I'm kidding. (laughs) Let's start getting political here. Um, I was trying to think of something to pray to. I was going to say lemons. The the Whovian (laughs) Review podcast success. Let's pray about (laughs) Jimmy. So, 
I think an interesting uh, parallel was brought up here where, you know, the master accused Martha of being uh, worthless in comparison to, say, Rose, who in one fell swoop absorbed the time vortex, destroyed an entire army of Daleks, brought Jack back to life and bestowed immortality on him. Um, Now, Martha spent an entire year struggling through, you know, crossing the planet, spreading the word, you know, connecting with people and did save the whole planet in that way. But, you know, could, can we compare them? Is one, was one more impressive than the other? Well, to be fair, Rose couldn't have done any of that stuff had she, had she not just looked at something. Whereas Martha was like, okay, I gotta like grab myself and do all of this hard labor. Like if you looked at something and you can do like awesome stuff, like that's kind of easy. <laughs> I don't – okay, to give Rose a little more credit, she had to have the the guts to actually open up the heart of the TARDIS and look into it because she knows the risk that it would take to, to do that. Okay. So I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily – I mean that was kind of a badass moment for, for Rose. But I do think that it takes a lot more brain power because not only do you have to go through the whole entire world – spreading the these uh the the word but you also have to avoid being killed you have to make sure you get with the right people and she martha even knew about the professor that professor woman that 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 kind of sold her out because of her son she had to learn about her and know everything about her so she like you said before jace she had to be basically become the doctor probably more than any other companion has ever become the doctor. And even when the master said, what would the doctor do? And she stepped out of the house after struggling in fear. Well, she was, although that was kind of her plan. Yeah. But like, that's still like, you know, yeah. Yeah. For us who didn't know. It's what the doctor would do. Yeah. It's what the doctor would do. And she was there to save the people. She wasn't there to, to harm them, which is kind of nice. And I, I think, I think that goes to her credit. I think that goes it shows how brave and how um, useful Martha is, especially in the story. Whether you like the plot itself or the resolution, I don't think really matters. I think that part of the storyline right there is pretty powerful. That rings true. And I think that ending with Martha actually made me at least like respect her as a companion because I didn't like the fact that, you know, she was only like, she was like what Shelby's always saying that she's like weaker around the doctor. She just kind of plays pet to the doctor or is just like hopelessly like in love with the doctor and makes that like a huge issue and keeps them being like, eh, Rose this, Rose that. Why doesn't he realize I love him kind of thing? But she recognized that, you know, she was kind of the problem. She took it upon herself to take a step back, understand why. Like that was a very healthy, healthy way to go out. And I, I really do like that. I think there were glimpses of that in human nature because they they did kind of show her talking about her relationship with the doctor with that uh, with that other friend that she was basically a maid with and I think that I think it's kind of like a progression it was I mean obviously only 13 episodes and that's all for Martha and that that's probably not enough time to show all the possibilities that Martha could have had but I think this is why I've always loved Martha and just thought she was one of the the better companions is because of her progression towards the end of this episode. She, she, she does progress a lot. And it's interesting that you brought that up about human nature because human nature was another episode where Martha spent essentially no time with the doctor. 
just like in this one, you know, because there it was it was John Smith. They didn't know it was the doctor. Didn't really act. But like she the was looking out for him. But she was looking time. out for him. But in the same way, so being separate from him, she was able to reflect and recognize, you know, that this problem was brain. But then, since he was physically still there, it wasn't enough. And now that she spent a year away, it's sort of like I think she recognized it. Yeah. But to be real, you know, if you know and understand the doctor and what he has done and what he has the capabilities to do. Like, how much would you be deferring to the doctor's, you know, word and idea of what to do and go forward? Like, I, in a lot of ways, I think it truly is relatable, you know, for you to be without the doctor and grow from the, your time being with the doctor where you were, you know, in, in one sense, you know, weakened in some respect. It, it's not that she was obedient. It's that she was submissive. There's a big difference. And um, I, think I don't know if there's a huge difference. There is. Then explain. It's, okay, so you could, you know, recognize that something's the right thing to do and take, you know, influence and direction in, you know, to influence your decisions and make the best possible choice. Or you can kowtow to someone and, you know, follow them, in, you know, simpering in love and do whatever they say, even though it's a, you know, even if it's a bad idea, not really think about it, even though you're fully capable of doing so. But I didn't see her as submissive. I mean, her, her character kind of had the sass to her or this kind of strength that kind of was opposite the doctor in a sense. Uh, and I mean, obviously... It's kind of hard to tell with just 13 episodes, but I think there are moments where every companion, including Sarah Jane Smith, were just kind of sidelined or just kind of there. And and obviously Martha had some of those moments in some of her episodes. But I think she also kind of gave the doctor her opinion on certain things from time to time and stepped up from time to time in various episodes that I thought were commendable, that weren't necessarily submissive. As much as they were just kind of, I don't know. I think every companion goes through that, has 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 those episodes or has those moments, and it's based on the writers. I mean, when you've got multiple writers for one particular companion or one compu- com- one particular uh, uh, storyline, um, and Doctor Who has multiple writers throughout, so it's kind of easy for one writer to kind of let let part of it go missing. Now, granted, you do have an overall showrunner that can guide them with this stuff, but sometimes the plot or that particular episode takes priority over the the relationship, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. And I'm not actually criticizing the writing or the acting or anything. I think that Martha mm-hmm. is an extremely interesting character. I just don't like her. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I think that she, you know... She just has so much more potential than what she lives out when with the Doctor. But I love her in the final scene of, of this episode when she realizes that and walks away. I never had more pride and you know respect for Martha as I do in that moment. So basically any time after she's with the Doctor, you're going to love her anyway. Yes. And I think you'd probably say before she meets the Doctor, too. It's <laughs> probably one of her stronger episodes and moments in terms of character. It's yeah, so I guess maybe I should, I should compartmentalize it. I don't like Martha in this season. <laughs> okay. Her and the Doctor do not mix. They are toxic. Well, then. All right. Well, maybe we should rate this thing. <laughs> maybe we should. 
All right. Well, we had a lot going on in this episode. It's a grand finale coming off a, 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 a two-parter. Well, this is the, the second part, of course. but Third. Or the third, my goodness. Yeah, a lot of a lot of work going into this episode um, with a lot of different elements. We, we come back like a year later, too, with Martha traveling the world, meeting just about every culture, spreading the word of the doctor, and getting this grand plan together that, of course, we don't know about until the end. Mm-hmm. With a beautiful twist and, you know, a powerful moment, albeit with some explaining to do. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of great things about this episode. Um, I love seeing the rise of the master and the fall of the master at the same time. The bromance between the master and the doctor. Um, you know, even even the immense aging of the doctor was fun in a certain way. <laughs> Although, also, there's some splaining to do. <laughs> um, but, you know, this was, this was a fun episode. It was good. We, we've talked about the faults, and I think we've talked about the, the good rises, especially like this... Um, just bringing humans back into the mix that we have seen before the masters manipulated and that, you know, we, we realize that we are our own worst enemies in some ways. Um, there's a lot of great things to love about this episode. Um, and, and a few things that fall short. I think, I think what's painful is that it seems like there's a lot of decisions and choices that just could have been made that would make this a whole lot better. Um, and I think that's the main reason this for me is going to get an eight out of 10. Alright, so I'll be honest, I don't really remember much of the first part. I remember some of the second part, but I clearly remember the third part. Um, (laughs) I thought the Master's performance was amazing. I thought it was super fun. I love the back and forth that the Master and the Doctor had. Um, Made me really excited to see this Doctor in future Doctor Who episodes or later, you know, incarnations of him, which, you know, I have seen and I also do like. Um, I thought the aging part was a mistake as it didn't really make very much sense. Neither did turning him into a little raisin and then putting him into a birdcage. But it happened. And... (laughs) That's all I can really say about that and his Jesus saying moment. I loved how Martha kind of stepped up. I have mad respect to her for how she left the episode. I've never been that huge of a fan of Martha, but also she hasn't been around for long enough for me to like actually develop a intense opinion either kind of way. I mean, I feel like her story is pretty simple. I'm in this with the doctor. I have a crush with doctor. Um, doctor makes me not as strong as I should be. I'm going to leave Doctor. Pretty easy. Hmm. So yeah, so overall, I'm probably going to give this like a 8 because I liked most of it. But there's maybe a 7.5. But there's just some parts that I was like, did this need to happen? Now I'm like permanently scarred by the thought of the Doctor as a little newborn bird in a cage. Mm-hmm. All right. I... um. I thought that this episode, you know, as we've touched on, has a lot of very high highs and very low lows. I think that, you know, the master was great in it. I think that Martha was great in it. I think that there were, you know, some really good scenes in there at the end. But the plot didn't really quite make sense. And it it didn't make sense in an unnecessary way because we've already discussed ways that they could have done essentially the same thing and made it make more sense. Um, and it was, you know, it was a great reveal. 
with, you know, it being the humans from the future, it really ties that in for this act being a true three-parter instead of, you know, just kind of because the tail end, the master was introduced in the first one. Um, but I thought that there, you know, because it's a three-parter, they, they sort of ran out of story, it almost seemed like. this felt like it was a little bit lengthy in the, you know, beginning and middle of this one a little boring, not a ton of action. I mean, there was good character things happening, but, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, so it was a little bit boring. It was, didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it had some really key and phenomenal moments in it. I'm going to give this one a 6.5. Mm. Well then, um, I think if I had the choice, I'd probably want to rate it in two different ways. I would probably rate it based on the character development and the characters themselves versus the plot line. Because it seems like... But you have to rate both also. No, I know. Combined <laughs> scores. But the idea <laughs> the idea behind it is that if you look at this particular episode, I think you have to kind of convince yourself, okay, this was more of a character piece than it was anything else. Based on on the interactions between all the characters, but especially that kind of Martha, Master, Doctor, Trifecta. Um, with that said, I mean, when I first saw this, I would have probably rated it very high just because I really enjoyed the emotional impact that it had. Um, on second and third and fourth viewings, um, I think it starts to diminish. I mean, the music's beautiful and it and the direction uh, is quite intense, which helps. And then the, the twist with regards to um, the Taco Fame being humans actually really kind of got me in the heart when I first saw it. And it still does. It, that was kind of, it's kind of a good reveal. Um, so I, I don't know. I think if I, I mean, like I said, two different ratings on the relationship side, definitely a 9.5, but on the plot side, it's almost like a 5. So I'm going to combine the two scores, and I'm going to give this a 6.5 as well. This episode was very dark. I mean, I don't want to add too much, but the fact that, you mm -hmm. know, the master's point was like, oh, they're your favorite people, and then it was like the humans being the enemy of the humans. It just is kind of very indicative of the version that of humans that the master have and the versions of humans that the doctor has. Yeah, you know, regardless of, you know, the, the plot holes and the weaknesses there, this is an episode that made me think in a lot of different dimensions. And that's always something that I value most about Doctor Who. And that's what I think really justifies my 8 out of 10 rating. It was definitely harrowing when you heard that, that chocolate thing be all like, the skies are made of diamonds. <laughs> that is pretty yeah. awful. I will say this. A lot of Doctor Who writers, including Russell T. Davies and Stephen Moffat and even Chris Chibnall, have had this problem where they get this really great idea and they build it up throughout maybe one or even two episodes. And it holds the audience's attention so well. And then all of a sudden, the ending, it just kind of falls apart because they don't know how to end it. When did Stephen Moffat do that? Kill the Moon. Oh. Yes. They had a great build-up to the end, and then the end just kind of ruins the whole heart thing. Yeah. Um, did he actually write that one? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty Oof. sure he did. Oof. 
But he was also the showrunner, so he was in charge of it. So he, and he was, I know that he came up with the idea of the moon being an egg because he's also been in interviews saying, "Oh, that was, I, that's my fault. I realized that wasn't a very good idea." At least he admits it. That, it wasn't, but kind of cool though. Kind of cool in another way. Doesn't make any sense. No, <laughs> no sense. But it was a cool idea. It, it could have been actionable in a much better way, but you know, yeah. If you want to hear more about it, listen to our podcast on Kill the Moon. Exactly. And any podcast for other push the button at the end of the episode to review. Fires of Pompeii. Have we done that one yet? Um, yes, I think so. We've done so many. Check us out. It's a wide library. You probably haven't even seen all of them. And I know you guys listen every week. So Our next order of business is to finish off Series 4. Which will be fun because that's one of my all-time favorites. Wayo, oh, so good. But uh, we'll get to that next week. Anyway, have a wonderful time, and we'll all see you later. Bye. 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 Bye.